0: Luke 24, 1 through 8, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but, they, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in, while he was still with you in Galilee, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good evening. evening. He is risen. Okay, we'll do this. I say, he is risen, you'll say hallelujah. And then I'll say hallelujah, you'll say he is risen. Okay? He is risen. Hallelujah. hallelujah. He is risen. There, we got it. Praise God. Children, you are dismissed to your classrooms along with their Sunday school teachers. Thank you very much, Sunday school teachers, for your sacrifice and your willingness to continue to feed the next church, the beautiful angels that they are. And if you do have a cell phone for our visitors, welcome. Uh, hopefully um, our welcome team have s- seen you and has recognized that you are a visitor because you get a coffee mug for the first time. So if you're uh, repeating, a repeating visitor and you're, you know, God knows, okay? <laughs> you're just trying. <laughs> All right, so I, I entitled our message tonight. For, this is the Resurrection Sunday I feel like it's fitting to title it, The Power of the Resurrection. Um, Yeah, we're gonna, it's gonna catch up, I think. Okay. Um, Now, this is the most wonderful celebration of the year for the Christian, Amen? amen? Actually, this is the most wonderful celebration of the year for anyone. Some Christians are not convinced. Some people, most people, are not convinced because today we celebrate together the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, more than 2,000 years ago, God's plan of redemption altered the world forever. The power of sin and death was broken through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ that first Easter. Death was defeated True life, Spiritual Life, God's Life triumphed. Today is the culmination, the climax, the summit, the conclusion of our series, The Road to the Cross. It began when we started the series, it began with Jesus praying in the Mount of Olives, the betrayal of His close friends, and His struggle in knowing that He will lose fellowship with His Father, And then we studied the unjust trial of Jesus and the insults that were hurled at Him. The slaps and the spits that uh, He took, He received for us. And then last Wednesday, if you were here, we discussed the scourging of Jesus Christ and the suffering of Christ. And then if you were here with us on Good Friday, we watched the depiction of the scourging and the suffering and the crucifixion of Jesus in the movie, Passion of the Christ. As hard as that was, we had to watch it. As hard that it is, we need to remind ourselves of what Christ—what it took Christ for us to—what it cr- took Christ for us to be with Him. And today we celebrate that Jesus is alive, and through His resurrection, because of His resurrection, we too have life. Now you know what—we won't know what happiness is if we've never experienced sadness. We don't know what it is for being, what being full is with your stomach when it comes to eating, if you've never experienced hunger. Now, in the same token, we will never know that we need a Savior if we didn't know that we were in trouble to begin with. Now, which meant everything, all of this means that Jesus everything that Jesus has done on the cross, if you don't know, if you didn't know, if you don't want to accept that you need rescuing, then it's all meaningless for you. If you didn't know that it was God's bl- plan and His blood must be spilled in order for us to be with Him, if you didn't know about that, then the point of Jesus' crucifixion is meaningless for you. But this is the truth, though. Facts are facts. Amen? Amen. It's not about likes or dislike. Facts are, they remain, whether we like it or not. There are people in this world that are dying of hunger. We might not like that, but it's true. And there is only one way for us to be with God after we die in this life. And that's through Jesus Christ. And that's the fact. Whether we like it or not, that's the truth. I know our world, our culture. It's mostly made out of social media. Our feed and our Facebook or whatever platform you're in is always given to you as based on what you've been liking or what's in your email because they're spying on us, right? But the truth is, all these things, no matter how ugly they are, they happen. And the one sad truth is, one guarantee in life is that we will all die. It's just a matter of when. And maybe how. Maybe some people are wondering. I'm always driving and I'm always wondering if a bus will hit me, if I'm texting and then emailing at the same time while I'm driving my ma- manual. I'm like, I wonder if this is how I'm going to die. You know. Well, our message, again, is the power of the resurrection. People are thinking, what's the point? Sure, Jesus, you're Jesus resurrected. What's the point? What does that have to do with me? You know, the verse and um, when Paul said this, uh, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Is that what we have there? All right. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That he appeared to Cephas, Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. The truth remains. Records, manuscripts, tons of manuscripts have records that Jesus was born, Jesus' life, Jesus' crucifixion, Jesus' death, and tons of manuscripts that prove of Jesus' resurrection. If you are truly seeking what the truth is, it's out there for you to find it. And a lot of people who have been searching and trying to disprove the truth of Jesus, they have seen evidence, and most of them have accepted Jesus as the Lord, trying in the hopes that they will disprove all of this nonsense, they have become Christians. For centuries, many have tried to argue this, but none has withstood the truth that the tomb where Jesus was buried is empty. Just by reading the scriptures alone should tell us that the accounts are not biased, but are actual eyewitnesses accounts. You see this? This is Paul daring the people. If you don't believe me, because this letter was written for the people then. It's also written for us now, obviously, but this was written for the time that the people were reading it, and he said, he name-dropped people there, and at the same time he said, there's 500 other people. If you don't want to believe me, go ask other people to verify that they have seen Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the afternoon, Jesus in the evening. They resurrected Jesus. The Gospel of Mark and Matthew were written 40 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. Enough time to verify to or falsify the claims if this weren't true. Historians concluded that this letter from Paul was written down 15 years after the resurrection. Again, still enough time to verify or falsify by those who are around for that event. Him mentioning and the disciples and Him mentioning him and the disciples, but being very specific with the number 500, implies that he is telling the reader that if they doubt him and the 12, go and ask the other 500. But again, the question for the believer and those who are seeking, what's the point? So what? If Jesus is resurrected, so what? How can that? How can we that we Christians that have committed our lives to Him come alive with this power? Is it powerful enough to change our lives and to transform each and each one of us into a new creation that the Bible says? And now, in this resurrection and Easter Sunday message, we will address these things tonight, hopefully. So please join me in the word of prayer as that is my introduction. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for your time that you've given to us. We thank you for this building, for the people that you've brought here. Your sovereign hand, Lord God, has manifested here again. We thank you for the songs, Lord God, that we've sang. Please bless, bless the team and bless everyone that is here. As we hear your message, Lord God, that you've prepared through me, I pray, Lord God, that you will guide us. Let your Holy Spirit speak to your people. Open their hearts, open their minds, and Lord, please save the lost. Lord, recover those who have, uh, have slipped. And Father, encourage those who are discouraged and help us to fall in, more in love with you as we understand the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, for our guests, maybe I didn't tell you guys, this is a two-hour message. That's why we have coffee in the um, kitchen. But the first point, <laughs> one and a half, Lance. <laughs> first point, how is that good news? How is that good news? You may be thinking, I don't know if I have the power to change. I just don't know if I have the power to change my attitude or my outlook on life. Or I don't know if I have the strength to continue on with this marriage. Or I don't know if I have the ability to break this addiction. Or I don't know if I can truly forgive this person who has hurt me. Or I don't have the power to love my enemies. Or I don't... Know if I have the power to live the life Jesus is calling me to live. I don't know if I have the power to change my life. The good news today is that you don't have the power to change and transform your life. You don't. You don't have the power to become a new creation. And you don't have the power to live the life Jesus is calling you to live. You don't. That's the good news. So stop. Stop trying. If you have gone to the point where you said, I can't do this, God is finally saying up there, finally you're getting it. That is why we need a Savior. And that's the good news of Easter. That's the good news of the Resurrection Sunday. So if you are asking or wondering, how in the world is that good news? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth in the flesh to live among us, to show us how to live. He then took our sins upon Himself and died for them on the cross, defeating the power that sin and death had over us by raising from the dead three days later. And as a result of the resurrection, every person who has received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior now has the power of God within them. Not only to change their life, but to live a victorious, abundant life. That is what Easter is about. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, a man who actually persecuted Christians, he killed Christians. And, you know, us Christians, we don't advise this. And then he experienced a radical life through an encounter with Jesus. He knew that his life depended on Jesus and the power of the resurrection after he met the resurrected Christ. Folks, what you have to understand, if you didn't know, is that the Jews, the last thing they want is that a man will claim that he is God. The second is that there is life after death. And the third is that somebody will resurrect from the dead. So that was impossible for them to accept. And for somebody like Paul, who loved his religion, somebody said, because Jesus is now When Jesus resurrected, the apostles were teaching that you don't have to praise God in the temple. That offended a lot of religious people, including Paul. That's why he was out there to get them. But then when he met Jesus on the road of Damascus, he changed to the point that he lived his life until his death to serve his Lord. In Philippians 3.10 it reads, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection. That was the goal of Paul's life, to know Jesus and to know the power of His resurrection in his everyday life. Not just in church, in his everyday life. Paul's ability ability to get through every day was dependent on Jesus and Jesus' power living through him. And Paul wanted this same thing so badly for his friends. Listen to how he prayed for his friends in the church of Ephesus. It reads here, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now think about it. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead and now gives him the ability and authority to rule over the universe is available for you and me. Christians, are you listening? That same power is available for you to live the new life that Christ is demanding for us to live, to glorify him and to bring other people to his life. Now, the Greek word of power is dunamis, which is dynamite. To have the power of the resurrection in your life is to have dynamite power. In the Philippines, when we hear dynamite, if you're a Filipino and you grew up in the Philippines, you associate dynamite with fishing. Because the fishermen in the Philippines, they, they found it easy to just throw the dynamite in the water wait for the boom, and then cast their nets and grab the dead fish. But see, dynamite is automatic power, automatic damage, right? If you have a dynamite, it's better than a gun. So dynamite, you just, right? If Clint Eastwood was saying, go ahead, make my day, you're like, all right, you do it too. I'll light this up and we'll blow, blow us both out. That's the power, that's like the power, The power of the resurrection is a dynamite power. Automatic, explosive, commanding. That same power is available for us, Christians. Now the Apostle Paul said, I want to know it. Give me a piece of that, in essence. It's my goal in life to know Christ and to know the power of His resurrection. And he prayed that we would all know it as well. The good news of Easter is that Jesus Christ not only died for your sins and offers you forgiveness today, but that same power that raised him from the dead 2,000 years ago is available for you to change your life here and now. Next question, what is resurrection power? For the sarcastic guy. (laughs) What is the resurrection power? It's the power to cancel out your past, your present and your future sins. So many people walk through life carrying around the weight and burden of their past failures. Their past mistakes and their past sins. They become overwhelmed by regret over the past. When, they, when I say, quote unquote, cancel out your past, I'm not talking about denying it or saying it never happened. Cancel means to eliminate, to remove or to delete. Have you ever gotten halfway through a project and thought, man, I wish I could start over? This is not turning out the way I had it planned. I know, I always feel that way. A lot of people feel that way about life, I guess. I just wish that I could start over. I've made so many mistakes. There are so many failures, problems, and I've made many bad decisions. I just just wish I could heat hit the delete button and start over. Some people can't seem to let go of their past and as a result, they let their past control their present and dictate their future. They live in a constant state of regret. They continually second-guess themselves because they're tortured by painful memories. God says that's unnecessary. You don't have to walk around with a heavy load of guilt old hurts, and painful memories. Now, how can that be? Now, listen for a moment to what has happened as a result of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Paul said in Colossians 2, 13-14, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Now let me say that again: Christ has done away with the record of charges against you by nailing it to the cross. Now, some of you, some of you have been with me here for quite some time, so you know this application or this this example. Uh, remember the Olympian who shot the other target, Matthew Emmons. Emmons was an almost uncatchable three points ahead as he took his last shot but got an extraordinary score of zero. When his final bullet completely missed and dropped out of the contention into eighth, Michael Antti of the United States moved up to second place to win the silver medal and Austria's Christian planner jumped to third for bronze. Now, there was an initial confusion and puzzled Emmons checking his rifle and believing that there had been a scoreboard malfunction before the judges concluded that he had fired at the target of the other contestant. All he needed to do was to shoot his target and he was guaranteed gold. Now, this verse here says, He forgave all our sins. What is sin? Sin is an archery term. It is bows and arrows. Sin doesn't just mean to shoot and miss the target with our lives. It means to turn our backs and shoot in every direction except for the target. We completely ignore the true target of pleasing God with our lives. And we set our sights on seductive targets that don't save us or satisfy us they actually make us feel miserable and empty. Now here's the good news. God offers complete forgiveness. He says that He cancels every record of the charges against us and He forgives them all. The words that God uses in the Bible to describe how He forgives us are words like blot out, wipe out, washed away, canceled. That means our sins are not only forgiven, but they are forgotten. Now that doesn't mean God said, oh, I forgot what He did yesterday. No, He chooses to say, I'm going to forget what you have done. Isn't that amazing? But that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't know the sins that we have committed. It just means that He didn't come to rub it in. He's not like that. He came to rub them out. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to change you by saving you from your sins. Now John told us, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Now, one of my favorite toys when I was growing up, although I never really had this toy, but my friends would have it. And in the Philippines, we share, you know. (laughs) Uh, It's called the magic board. I think here you guys call it the magic slate. You know, I love it because you get to draw something there with this pencil device that they provide. And then when you mess up, lift up the plastic, and voila, a clean slate, right? I love that for some odd reason. I don't know why. You get to start over, draw a bird, stick bird, (laughs) right? But the Bible says that God has the ability because of the sacrifice of Jesus, His death and resurrection, to take all the messes and sins and regrets in your life and wipe them clean. Amen? Amen? That happens at the moment when we trust Him as our Lord and our Savior. But it gets even better than that. In Jeremiah 31 34, it reads, For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. That has to be one of the most amazing verses in the Bible. God, who made the whole world and everything in it, chooses to forget your wrongs, your mistakes, your past failures, and your sins. And when you come to Him, confess your sins and ask him to forgive you and then he cancels your past. For those of you who are who are here today and have received Christ at some point in your past but are limping through life because of the sin that you are not letting go, it's the same thing applies to you. God chooses to forget that because you've already accepted him as Lord, so your past, your present and your future sins have been forgiven. Amen? Amen? When you come back to Him and confess your sins and ask Him to forgive you, He receives you. He forgives you, wipes the slate clean, and cancels those sins off your record. Now, one must wonder, how can God do this? What is the basis of this kind of forgiveness? Now in Romans 8.1 it tells us, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus amen when Jesus Christ died on the cross one of the last thing he said on the cross it was it is finished in the Greek those terms those three words are actually one word it literally it literally means paid in full canceled God says that what Jesus did on the cross He paid for every sin you've ever committed. He stamps paid in full across each one of us. That's why there's no condemnation for you. He canceled our past sins and failures and mistakes. Now, when I was growing up, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd too, Um, like Brother Anmoo there. Now, the one thing that we always do in the mall, other than shop, is we shoplift. (laughs) <laughs> we do the five-figure discount, you know. But the one thing is, if I know I paid for the thing, if I paid for the shirt or the shoes, I have the receipt handy right away because I'm the usual suspect by these security guards. They always ask me, can I see your receipt for that bag? And if I have the receipt, I already have it ready. Just by the time this... You know, he's trying to be undercover security guy. I go, hey, Mr. Undercover Security Guard, here's my receipt. I paid for that. I paid for that because I paid for it. You know, you you have the same thing. We as Christians have the same thing. We have to live our lives in that confidence that when the the devil, the enemy is condemning us of our sins and our mistakes, you don't deserve him. You're going to go to hell. You never change. You're going to say, I've been paid for. He paid for me canceled in a good way a new identity what's an identity An identity is something that defines you in our culture we define ourselves by our race our religion our political party affiliation <laughs> our sexual orientation our gender our work our business our car our money our bank account our facebook status We find our identity in our occupation, hobbies, or maybe where we went to school or from Ateneo. Or even in our looks, our clothes, or whom we're dating or who we're married to. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes people have hidden identity that shapes their lives and and their decisions. An addiction, they're trying to hide that. A weight issue, they're trying not to address that. A health issue living with the label adopted or divorced or poor, or maybe they don't feel very smart or they feel unwanted or unloved. Identities are so much about what we do or what we've done, our successes and our failures, and what others have done to us. The resurrection brought with it the power to change all of that. Because Jesus conquered sin and death, We don't have to be defined any longer by our sinful failures, our past mistakes, or even what others think about us. Our identities can now be shaped by God's success in conquering our sinful failures and His ability ability to give us new life. When we come to God and put our faith in Jesus Christ alone as our personal Savior and receive His gift of salvation, Look at the words that God uses to describe us, friend of God, loved, new creation, saint, disciple. Now, here's my favorite. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I am a child of God. Out of his grace, he has adopted me into his family and says, Call me father. Now that's your new identity. You are my child, and I am your dad, is what God is saying. We are his and he is, he is ours. Now you may be thinking, how do I know that this is true? In 2 Corinthians 1:22, it reads. And He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. What this means is that you can let go of any image of yourself that is not from God. You used to be a womanizer before Christ. That's no longer you. You can throw that away. You can stop accepting what others have said about you, how others have labeled you, how, how, how you have labeled yourself and how others have defined you. And you can start believing that what God says about you, you are His child and He is your Father. That's how He defines you. Our identity matters more to the people that we love. Do we agree? The one thing that everybody really needs, the one thing that we really crave is love we're all going to be honest, we want to be loved. And then if one person, that one person that we truly love, sees us differently, then we crumble in a negative way. If they see us in a negative way, we crumble. But see, if you don't care about God, this this truth about us being, you being His child, doesn't matter to you. But if God becomes your utmost, you knowing that He calls you His child, this becomes everything for you. Now here's, I love this quote from Tim Keller. The only person in the universe whose opinion counts looks at me and he finds me more valuable than all the jewels in creation. Because of the power of the resurrection, you are now identified with Christ. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. If He has given you and He has given you a new identity, and that is that you are a child of His. Now, this is strength to face challenges every day. Now, here's one of the most powerful truths you will ever hear about Jesus. We are not only saved by His death, but we are also saved by His life. That means that as that a risen, risen Jesus lives inside of us by His Holy Spirit. His divinity inhabits your humanity. That means you can face each day in the strength of a risen Savior. Amen? Amen. Regardless of what happens to you, whatever difficulties you may, might face, whatever curveball life may throw at your way, you have the power to stand in there and face it. Because it reads in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Now think of the prospect of having a risen Jesus living his life out through your life. Right? Think about it. The risen Jesus lives in you and he's going to live his life through you. Think about the possibilities there. It's endless. Here's something I've learned about life. And I, I don't like it, but it's the truth. Facts are facts, whether we like it or not. Life is unpredictable, right? One minute, you might feel like you're sailing along and everything is going fine, and the next moment, you're dealing with a crisis. Life is full of stress. Life is full of heartache. Life is full of disappointments, setbacks, trials, and tragedies. Now, how in the world can we face these these twists and turns these roadblocks, or even these life-altering dead ends. It's the power of a risen Christ in our lives, sustaining us through His Holy Spirit, and sometimes carrying us with His grace and power. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Romans eight eleven: If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give Life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. That means the Holy Spirit of God, the one who was involved in creation, the one who came upon the disciples at Pentecost, like a mighty rushing wind, the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, has been given to you for every day in your daily life. You have access to the Holy Spirit as you need it. Now I have two examples of people. Um, one from people from our church and the second one is, is Tim Keller. But, the, but I want to give you guys the story of our sisters, uh, Sister Dulce and her daughters, uh, Hannah, Ruth, and Naomi. Um, these four women would have not had the power to handle all that they have been through uh, last year. Now within the span of one year, our dear brother, his sudden passing, brother Chris, uh, died in March. And then because of that, uh, our sisters were displaced. You know, they, 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 they moved out of their home. And then all of a sudden, while they're going through that, they're grieving through that, they hear news of uh, Sister Dulce's mother, the, the girl's grandmother, uh, getting sick. And then months after that, there was a sudden death of their grandmother. And then a day or two after that, their biological father of the girls also died. All within a span of one year. Even less, I think. Now, just think about that. Many days of praying, they did many days of praying. Many questions remain unanswered for them. Many heartaches, many tears they have given. And they're probably wondering, why are, why, are, why all these, Lord? Now, all these women believed in the resurrected Jesus. You know what they did? They kept singing for the Lord. <clears throat> they kept praying to the Lord. They kept serving the Lord and his people. And all three of them, uh, Sister Dulce, Ruth, and Naomi, there was one, one afternoon I was with them. We were trying to sell the, the mattress and it was the prayer eve prayer meeting our prayer services on wednesdays and i was with them until like five o'clock this guy stood us up anyway it's another story let's pray about that guy (laughs) (laughs) okay i was just thinking and looking at them observing them and i know what they were going through because chris was dear to me too and i had my own hurt but they were more than because the situation was, are we going to be late for the prayer service or are we going to wait for this guy? So we all said, oh, you know what, let's just go to the prayer service. And then I was, I was, as I was driving to church and, and then I saw them here singing, I go, only people who believe that Jesus is true and is alive can actually throw off whatever they're feeling and continue on to serve God the God of the universe. Now, Tim Keller, who's a pastor in New York, um, he was recently, not recently, but he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Tim said that when he received his cancer diagnosis, the doctor looked at us and said, I want you to realize that when it comes to pancreatic cancer, you're going to die from this the vast majority of patients live less than a year after diagnosis after the diagnosis now Tim described that day itself as a kind of death now you know Holy Week gives you both death and resurrection they don't make any sense apart they have to go together they have to coexist you can't have the joy of resurrection unless you've gone through a death a death without resurrection is just as hopeless Essentially, the death and resurrection motif or pattern is absolutely at the heart of what it means to live a Christian life. And actually, everything in life is like that. With any kind of suffering, if I respond to it by looking to God in faith, suffering drives me like a nail deeper into God's love, which is what cancer has done for me, said Tim Keller. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happened, then ultimately God is going to put everything right. Amen? Not convinced. Not everybody's convinced. <laughs> if God really, if Jesus really resurrected, suffering is going to go away. Evil is going to go away. Death is going to go away. Aging is going to go away. You don't have to spend money anymore. Pancreatic cancer is going to go away now if the resurrection of Jesus Christ did not happen then I guess all bets are off but if it actually happened then there are all hope then there's all the hope in the world I do think that the great thing about cancer is that Easter means a whole lot more because I look at Easter and I say because of this I can face anything said Keller in the past, I thought of Easter as kind of optimistic, upbeat way of thinking about life, and now I see that Easter is a universal solvent. It can eat through any fear, any anger, and despair. I see it for as more powerful than ever before. That's the interview that uh, New York Times did with Tim Keller. Here's our conclusion. Now here's a great promise. The Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. And that nothing, not trouble or hardship or danger will be able to separate you from the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, 30, 8, 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us From the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Now why does that matter? Right? Because some people will say, you know, some some people will probably act as if they're like gangsters, I'm not scared of anything. I'm not afraid to die, liar. Everybody is afraid to die. You know why? Because all of us, deep in deep in our hearts, we want to be loved and we loved, and we love to love others. So the point of dying is this. We're going to be separated from the people that love us and the people that we love. So I don't care how gangster you think you are, how many tattoos you think you have, if you have tattoos in your face, who cares? Everybody is afraid of dying. And Jesus is saying, We will all die, but if you accept me as your Lord, you will not die. You will be with me for eternity in heaven. Amen? Amen. We serve a resurrected Savior who still operates in resurrection power, dynamite power. And He promises to fill you with that same power to give you strength to face the challenges of each day. What does the resurrection mean to you today? For some people, it's just an ancient event. Well, I've been to the tomb uh, I haven't been in the tomb, (laughs) but I've seen the tomb through Pastor Julius' pictures and accounts, a depiction. They said that's somewhat like the garden, and they say that he's not there. Christ is alive. And again, manuscripts, 236 manuscripts talk about Jesus' life, birth, um, his birth, his life, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. You don't have we... Again, don't have the power on our own to make it right with the Lord. It all depends on Jesus and what He has done for us. Some of you can let go of your past failures and mistakes. Jesus Christ offers forgiveness. He promises to cancel your sins and wipe them off from your record. He offers you a chance to start over. Some of you feel like a failure, a loser, or a has-been. Maybe your identity was wrapped in what you have done or what has been done to you. God offers you the chance to have a new identity. He wants to bring you into His, in it, into His family and give you a new title. Your title will be accepted, forgiven, loved, and a child of God. Some of you feel powerless over the challenges you are facing right now. What if you had the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, giving you peace, giving you strength, giving you the power to face those issues head on? Wouldn't you want that? The power to change your situation? The resurrection means that no situation is too hopeless. No problem is too big for Jesus. Amen? He's still in the resurrection business, and He has the power to change your life. Amen? Amen. He is risen. Hallelujah. 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 Let's close in prayer. Thank you for your patience. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for resurrecting from the dead. We thank you for dying on the cross for us. We thank you for your love, Lord God, that is uh, unending we are always astonished Lord god by how much you you loved us despite our negligence despite our mistakes and our sins against you and our fellow men father we ask now lord god for those who still have to surrender their lives to you as their lord i pray that this will be the evening that they will open their hearts to you and accept you as their lord i hope lord god that they will realize that they are sinners And they will need a Savior. And I pray, Father God, that they will accept you as their Savior. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who are discouraged with the challenges in their lives, Lord God. I pray that the power of the resurrection that you have reminded us tonight, we will see that and we will live that. I pray that you will whisper to us, Father, when we're struggling this whole week, when there's a challenge that's just crippling us. Father, whisper to us, speak to us. Remind us of your power that is in us, the power to resurrect the dead. Resurrect us, Lord God, and live in us and live through us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen.